do you have a will? I'm ashamed to say that until the pandemic, I didn't have a will because despite having a young family, I didn't think that I needed a will. Obviously, the pandemic changed that. I felt invincible. Getting older changed that. And I also thought making a will would involve long, boring meetings in a stuffy solicitor's office. But as we're going to hear, I made my will in a really easy way online using an amazing service from today's podcast guest. Now, this is what we call a sponsored episode. And what that means for you is that today's guest offers a service that, as you'll see, I have personally used myself and found to be excellent. And they offer Medics Money podcast listeners a discount on uh, making a will and a lasting power of attorney. And on that basis, we're happy to recommend them and they help to support all the free content that we give. So I hope that that's clear. If you are interested in using their services, it's medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills and you can book an online consultation at a time that suits you. And it is a sponsored episode by a firm that, as you're about to find out, I use myself, found to be excellent. And loads and loads of you have made a will. But I know that there'll still be people out there like I was two years ago thinking, I don't need a will. I haven't got time for that. Well, if that's you, then you need to listen to today's episode. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. So on today's podcast, it is my pleasure to welcome back to the Medics Money podcast, Richard Stone, who is a solicitor and director of Talbot's Law. Welcome back, Richard. Thanks for having me again, Tommy. It's been nearly two years since we last did a podcast, which is absolutely crazy to me because it seems like yesterday. And the reason that we started doing the podcast is because during the pandemic, I realized my own mortality, as I'm sure lots of people did, unfortunately, especially healthcare workers. And I didn't have a will. I've got a young family, etc. So we went through how you helped me to make a will. And I did it completely remotely, completely online, completely painlessly. And it was a really smooth process. And then we just thought, how can we help more people make a will? So should we go through for those who aren't aware? What is a will? Lasting power of attorney? Why do we need one? Yeah, absolutely. As you say, it was nearly two years ago and we were very much in the throes of lockdown and all of our meetings were done by Zoom at that time. Whereas whereas now we're back to, in the most part, face-to-face meetings, albeit that what we have learned out of it now is that Zooms work. And, and this allows us to see a lot of clients, whereas normally, if they were all around the country, they'd probably look to see and find solicitors who were more local to them. And obviously, indeed, the Medics Money clients that we have helped in the intervening couple of years probably would never have been able to without the ability to have these Zoom meetings because that face-to-face interaction compared to, say, a telephone call just makes things a lot easier. But as you say, when we did have our first 
proper catch up and podcast a couple of years ago, we talked about the basics of wills and lasting power of attorney. I don't want to bore the listeners who listened to me go through it all last time repeating the same stuff. So I'll give you a very brief overview again to remind anybody who is new about what we're going to be talking about. But then I thought I'd go on and perhaps we'd talk about some actual real life examples that might be helpful when they're considering these. Yeah, definitely. I think it might be useful to do a quick overview of, you know, what is a will? I mean, I think it's, you know, the thing about medics money is there's no assumed knowledge because no one's ever taught us this stuff. So quick overview of wills and license power attorneys, and then I'll be really interesting to get into some stories. Okay, so a will is quite simply a document that you draw up as and when you're ready to do so, which would set, contain a set of instructions that if you die, who would sort everything out for you, i.e. be your executors, and who you would like to leave everything to. And indeed, sometimes the decision about who you would like to be the person to be your executors and trustees can be as important as who you decide you are leaving your money to as we'll talk about in a short while. The general structure might be that, yep, these are my executors, which if we're talking about a couple, could be the other one of them, or it could be other family members. And then they might say, I want to leave a couple of gifts of money or items to particular people, but sometimes don't even need to go to that detail. And then they can say, well, actually everything I've got, I'd just like to go to my husband, wife, partner, or going on to children or indeed other family members. So we refer to it as a residuary estate, i.e. whatever is left that hasn't been specifically gifted on. There will also be a few other considerations that are important to think about, such as perhaps funeral directions, so that the family would know what to do if anything happened to someone. And what's particularly important if there are young children is to ensure that guardians have been thought about just in case the worst were to happen. Yeah, okay, awesome. And I mean, I guess, are we going to get into what happens if you don't, like the default position, should I say? Are we going to get into that? Well, that's something I'll cover over shortly when we start talking about a couple of examples that I've got that are very much based upon the concept of almost what can go wrong when people die and they haven't made a will. Perhaps before I do Uh that, I'll just have a quick summary of a lasting power of attorney Lasting powers of attorney are very separate to a will. Whereas I said earlier, your will is only there for if you should die. Lasting power of attorney is a document that allows you to name person or persons who would be able to help you if something happened to you which, whereby you didn't die, but you were unable to manage your affairs yourself. So whilst we are often envisioning something like an old age illness of dementia or Alzheimer's. It could also be an accident or a stroke. Now, whereas, unfortunately, we know that everybody is ultimately going to die, with powers of attorney, I always say to people that you hope to never use them, that they are an insurance policy, but in those circumstances, 
they can be very valuable. And again, I've got one unfortunate family story to tell you about shortly, where all of these issues, the the lack of having a will and also the lack of having powers of attorney, turned what was an awful family situation into a, a very difficult and stressful situation for the relatives. Yeah, no doubt. And I think like what you said about going and doing it all via Zoom, like if you listen to the previous episode, you might know that up until about two years ago, I did not have a will. And the reason was I didn't think I needed a will because I didn't, I thought it was just for old people. Same for lasting power of attorney. And I also thought that I'd have to go to a stuffy solicitor's office and spend ages going through paperwork and stuff. But we just did the whole thing online. It was super painless. I was amazed at how like easy it was to make a will. So I think that's a massive you know, advantage of doing it online, especially for super busy medical professionals. And we'll talk about how you can help listeners in a minute, but we have a way that our listeners can get a discount on a will and lasting power of attorney and also just book straight into your diary using medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills because we know how busy everyone is. And so you can just book into the diary and chat with a solicitor about making a will. So should we get into the stories? <laughs> yes. Okay. So obviously I can't share any names with you and I've got to be careful about how much detail I reveal, but these are very real life stories about clients of mine. The first one, the reason I talked to this one is it was only a couple of days ago that I met with a brother who his mum and dad recently died within months of each other. Well, actually, I say recently. It wasn't that recently. It was the end of 2020 and the start of 2021. His mum and then his dad passed away. His parents, despite being quite academic people, had never made a will, which is unfortunately not uncommon, and so had put no provisions as to who would receive their estate. Now, the person that I met, he has a sister, although the two of them don't get on terribly well. And in fact, over the last couple of years, because they haven't sorted all of these affairs out, that they have unfortunately stopped speaking to each other as well. Because they never made a will, Neither of their children has any starting authority to start dealing with the estate. Uh, Actually, Tommy, you said to me, and I suppose I should answer this as the basic question, what does happen if someone dies and they don't have a will? In this case, there are the rules of intestacy which come into help or, or not. And there are two aspects to it. The first point is who is entitled to administer the estate, i.e. who can sort everything out, arrange the funeral, sell the property, or do anything with the banks. And whilst the laws of intestacy would allow either the son or the daughter or both of them to be able to do this, because there is no will, they do not get any proper legal authority until they have gone to the probate court to get a grant. Whilst I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of the phrase grant of probate, in fact, the correct terminology when there is no will 
is a grant of letters of administration. And one of the difficulties where there isn't a will is until a grant of letters of administration is issued by the courts, nobody has any strict legal authority to do anything. This compares to a will where if there is a will and people are appointed as executors, the executors are automatically entitled to administer the estate immediately on death. Whilst they might need a grant of probate to be able to deal with every aspect, such as selling a property or accessing bank accounts with large sums of money, they can certainly start dealing with things straight away. So going to my example with the brother and the sister, initially one of them was had agreed that they would start things off and has never done it. And in the, what, more than two years since the second parent has died, nothing has been done. All of their money is still tied up. The house is still sitting empty. And I think really if there's anything that could have been done is to go back in time and having spoken to the parents and recommended to them who they might have appointed to do this and particularly if they had you know we'd spoken to them and asked them to discuss how their two children might work together that they might have come up with a sensible compromise about who they would have appointed and again I think I will in a short while just cover something else off about that point but yes the just a relatively simple, straightforward estate, mum and dad, two children, a simpler family dynamic as you would expect. But the lack of making wills has meant that two years on, they are still getting nowhere. Well, hopefully now that will change because I am going to start helping one of them try and push forward and get things started yeah i mean it's just like a really terrible situation both your parents passing away in reasonably quick succession and then just not having a will has just made the whole things 10 times worse i imagine for them so yeah okay good advice there another example again of a married couple who never made wills and indeed in this case what was vital was they also never considered making lasting powers of attorney So this married couple were a little bit different in that they had never had any children. So the rest of the family were quite distant siblings and nephews and nieces. Uh, And uh, unfortunately, I met with some nephews and nieces of them after the husband had died and the wife was in care. And the wife, unfortunately, did not have the ability to deal with any of her financial affairs. Even though, again, under the rules of intestacy, the entire of the estate would have passed to the surviving wife from the husband and that she would be entitled to administer his estate, because she lacked the mental capacity to do any of this, nothing could be done to help her. None of his money could be released to deal with her care. And indeed, none of her money could be accessed to deal with her care because nobody had any authority. So we had a situation whereby 
she was having care. The care providers were clamoring for money. The debts were going up and up. And because nobody had any authority to deal with any of this, it was very stressful for her nearest relations to try and sort things out. Now, we did try to make an application to the courts, both to get hold of the dealing with the wife's finances and also the husband's estate to free up any money. As anybody who will ever have experienced the process of trying to access someone's money by way of the court of protection, these things take months and months. So court of protection is a body that is set up where if someone loses capacity and they haven't made a lasting power of attorney, then a family member, friend or whoever can apply to the court to have permission as though they had made a lasting power of attorney, i.e. to be able to access their funds. Now, the reality of this is that it takes up to 12 months to go through and make such an application. And, you know, there's obviously costs for doing this, court fees of about £400 and all the legal fees. And we had the situation whereby we went through all of this process and it turned out a week after she died, we got that authority. But of course, she'd passed away then. And we were back to square one. All of the work that we'd done was wasted. And then because she, again, had never made a will, we are back to a point of having now to make a similar application to deal with her estate. So all in all, it's been a really horrendous and stressful time for the family who have been trying to sort this out. Now, it may not surprise you that since then, the entire of the rest of the family, the siblings and nieces, have been to see me to make both wills and lasting power of attorney. Because if ever there was the worst case scenario, as by way of an example, they have gone through it. Yeah. I mean, I guess in a way, that's a really nice positive to that really difficult situation is that the younger generation took it upon themselves to never be in that scenario. So that's awesome that that happened. But, oh, well, I just can't imagine how stressful that was at the time for the people involved. What about, so you've got a will, you've got a lasting power of attorney. Is there ever, is like a will, like bulletproof, you know, it can never go wrong? Or is there things that could actually go wrong even though you've got a will and lasting power of attorney? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Tommy. People have got to think about the practical realities of what might happen. When you make a will, you shouldn't blithely put the obvious choice of persons to administer the will down in writing until you have thought about, are they the correct people to sort these out? Obviously, the previous couple of examples I've given to you was where there was no will at all. But unfortunately, I've had similar problems, particularly similar to the first one, where wills have been made and people really haven't given some good thought about who they are appointing as their executors. Executors have to work 
well and work together. If you have siblings who don't see eye to eye, who were maybe fallen out or would just not work together as a team, then even making a will that you feel that should make things nice and simple and straightforward could be catastrophic if you have named two people or more who end up fighting over who is going to do what and who is going to sort everything out and administer the estate. Indeed, again, you know, experience of warring sisters fighting over the photo albums and the ashes even is it's very difficult to work to we try to get people to see common sense and sensible things going forward but when it boils down to it the truth of the matter is that administering someone's death is part of a larger picture of the grieving of a lost one and the whole act of sorting everything out can be can stop the rest of the grieving process going ahead and can bring certain animosities to a boil and make people act in in a way that you might not expect that they would go that far now nobody really knows always how people are going to react but when i do see my clients and we talk about executors i will pry into their personal details and just make sure that the people that they are thinking of asking to sort everything out are the right choice and they're not just creating potential future problems yeah definitely okay i feel a bit emotional bringing this subject up but because you've helped lots of doctors via medics money but do you remember the very first doctor or actually healthcare worker that you helped was because during the pandemic, lots of our colleagues sadly passed away and we were working with a charity called the Healthcare Workers Foundation. And they said, oh, do you know anybody that can help with administering the estate of a healthcare worker that sadly passed away? And that's how we first met, which seems kind of strange saying that now because the pandemic thankfully seems like a long time ago, but that was a really difficult situation. And then that got me thinking that I needed to make a will and I was blown away by how straightforward it was. And then you said, okay, let's see if we can help more doctors to make a will. And then that's how the whole thing got started. So you've helped lots of doctors, Medics Money podcast listeners, to make a will. Can we sort of talk about anything about those in an anonymized way? <laughs> well, as you say, it was it all started off helping that chap deal with accessing funds that were due because he's partner had unfortunately passed away and from there well I'd say thankfully that's really the only bad story that we've had with any of the medics money clients to date instead it has been a case that I have met a number of your listeners and we've been able to have zoom calls and help them you know think about these things and perhaps come up with a most of the time relatively straightforward bit of planning and a will and lasting powers of attorney so that they know that they've got a plan for these eventualities which hopefully will be many years away but if there's something at the back of their minds that worry them that you know oh what if it hopefully puts those worries to bed and uh, they can, well, sleep at night or at least worry about other things. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the fact that 
through this podcast and our association that we've helped so many of our colleagues to make a will. Okay, which kind of brings me on to... So the way to contact Richard is to go to medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills. You click the link and you can literally book a time and a date that suits you because (laughs) I know and Richard knows just how busy you are. So it's a super easy way to do it. Tell us who you can't help. And I believe this is going to be a disappointment for our Scottish based listeners. (laughs) And also tell us about the discount that you are kindly offering Medics Money podcast listeners. Yes, Tommy. So, yeah, how your listeners set up the first contact is that they go onto your site and it generates an appointment. And the idea of that is just a very quick five minute telephone call from someone, me, one of my colleagues. I just introduce myself to them and I explain the situation. We maybe have a very introductory and basic discussion about suggestion of costs and but more importantly the process and the process is normally if they're happy to take the next step is to arrange a zoom meeting say where they and preferably spouses or partners if they're available have a 30 to 40 minute chat whereby I get to know them a bit about their family circumstances a little bit broad brush approach to their financial situation. So then we can have a chat about what their wishes are and how we can help them with wills or lasting powers of attorney. Now, as a solicitor trained in English law, I know law for people who live in England and Wales only. And certainly at the outset, and I know now that there is a warning on the your website now, is Scottish law is very different. And unfortunately, I cannot give any real advice about what it is to draw up a Scottish will. Now, I know that it's not going to be a million miles away, but it might as well be the other side of the world for in terms of whether or not I can help them. Because, yeah. Very much the law that I have at my hands is the law of England and Wales. You also mentioned the discount that we do for Medics Money listeners. So when we do have that initial conversation, we talk about the making wills and the prices of doing those, which will depend upon the complexity of the will. There are relatively straightforward wills whereby people are just making absolute gifts to each other, to children, maybe gifts to charity, maybe possessions. And then we might have much more complicated wills where they are considering some kind of protective element. And this can be protection because they want to retain a bit of control over the assets, or it might be for certain times for tax planning reasons, but or simply because they want to protect some of their will from their children getting it at an early age. And this can sometimes mean that we will talk about different options for wills and different prices, but nobody is committed to anything until they've been given all the information and can make an informed decision. We also, every client I see who I discuss wills with, I also introduce them to the topic of lasting powers of attorney. 
Sometimes people are keen to do wills and perhaps put the lasting powers of attorney on hold, but sometimes they want to also think about doing the lasting powers of attorney. And again, we can talk about the different types, who might be the good attorneys, and help them to put those into place. And one of the things that we have agreed with Medics Money listeners is that if we are acting for them with both the wills and creation of lasting powers of attorney, then we can offer a discount of up to £150 plus VAT if they're doing wills and all types of powers of attorney. Nice. You know, really appreciate that offer. The aim here is just to get as many of our listeners to get thinking about a will and make it as easy and frictionless as possible to do a will. Sincere apologies to those in Scotland. But the problem is, We only ever recommend services that we have used ourselves, And because I'm not in Scotland, it is not possible for me to test out any Scottish solicitors. I have used Richard's services personally myself, and that's why he's here today. So yeah, sorry about that, Scotland. And absolutely right, Richard, that you can only act within your competencies. Super important. That was an amazing summary. If you want to get more information or just speak to Richard, as I said, medicsmoney.co.uk forward slash wills. Last time we came on, I think we said we were going to talk about trusts. And yet again, we've run out of time. So can I suggest a separate episodes on trusts and a bit of IHT stuff at a later date? Because I know we get a lot of queries about that, but we're just out of time today. Yeah, no, no, that that's absolutely fair. And to be fair, it probably is a subject that requires its own chat about, although perhaps a far more technical and complicated subject than what we've covered off today. Yeah, Ed was chomping at the bit to come and talk about IHT as well. So maybe I could get the two of you on the podcast. But thank you so much for the work that you've done so far for Medics Money Podcast listeners. Thank you for making it as easy as possible for us to make a will and giving us all this stupid good information. And I look forward to catching up with you on the next podcast where we should definitely do it about trusts. But take care. <laughs> That's great. Nice to speak to you again, Tommy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.